All right, let's do this one more time. My name is Javier Reyes, and I'm being joined by Ethan Smith of Lockdown Pirates. I'm Lockdown Padres, and for about two years now, we've been trying to trade Brian Reynolds. So we're going to do it again. We're doing it again, ladies and gentlemen. We are doing it again. Uh, but before. Before we get into that, my little Spider-Verse-inspired intro. Uh, Ethan, how are you doing on this uh, wonderful beside, Friday? Uh, wonderful. Besides that, um, you know how they usually say it's a feel-good Friday. Uh, I don't know if it's a feel-good Friday for Pirates fans, considering we had a Vince Velasquez hype video on Twitter posted by our team. Um, Vince Velasquez, that I do love incredible. you. incredible. Like... <laughs> but no. It's just... And and what's funny is like after it's not like it's been a quiet free agency and they could be like, oh, well, there's nothing else to talk about. It's like, no, no, no. We've gotten Bogarts. We've gotten Judge. We've gotten Correa. And here come the Pirates being like, we got one too. Vince Velasquez, who was pretty nightmarish for the Padres. Not as bad as Jake Arrieta, but still pretty nightmarish. He was a guy that Padres kind of one of the symbols of the collapse in 2021, at least one of them. I think that the true symbol was probably like Eric Hosmer because he's a symbol for everything that happens bad with the Padres. But yeah, but it must be rough out here for, for the Pirates folks um, that like kind of their they're the only thing that everyone talks about with them seemingly is one that Vince Velasco's hype video and them trying to trade Brian Reynolds and or Pirates fans and other fans wanting to trade by Brian Reynolds away. Yeah, and uh, by the way, to go back on Vince, uh, still my favorite moment I've ever seen from his career was when he was in Philadelphia, and I'm sure you might remember this too, when he was pitching for Philadelphia and took a rocket right off his right arm, still ran to the ball and threw a frozen rope to first base left-handed, which of course is not his dominant hand. Mm -hmm. Still easily the best moment I think Vince Velasquez has ever had in his career is literally Mm -hmm. throwing like the most perfect like fastball to first base with his non-dominant hand to still get an out while physically holding (laughs) his right arm like this while throwing it because he couldn't move his right arm. Um, but we're here to talk Brian Reynolds, and I'm sure with the offseason dwindling down, uh, we've already heard the suitors out there. We've heard your team, of course, San Diego, who we'll talk about today. We've heard Seattle, mm-hmm. High Mariners. Uh, I know you like him, but just remember the last time we almost traded you there, we asked for Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So, uh, of course, the Yankees are going to be in the mix. I'm even sure the Mets might be in the mix. And what's interesting that you brought up about everything going on in free agency, and I wanted your thoughts on this, when does the trade market really heat up? Because the free agent pool has kind of just disappeared over the last two weeks. Judge signed, uh, by the way, Arson Judge doing great in San Francisco right now, doing absolutely phenomenal. Uh, He's already got a house in the Bay Area. He already went and saw Steph play the other night. Um, Mm -hmm. Shout out to Steph, by the way. I hope he gets better with that shoulder injury. but you saw, like you mentioned, you guys get Bogarts. You see um, Carlos Correa go off the board now for San Francisco. You see all these marquee free agents go off that at some point you have to expect that the trade market is going to heat up with the likes of possibly Corbin Burns, Brian Reynolds, Christian Yelich, guys like that. When does the trade market heat up? I mean, it has to at some point. We only have a couple more months before catchers and pitchers report. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you you nailed it. There's still some guys out there. You got your Dansby Swanson, right? Uh, for people like me who I've been, you know, sounding the horn for Michael Conforto for so long. You got Evaldi, right? There's still some people out. There's some interesting, like, depth pieces out there. But, yeah, the main kind of, like, blockbuster, holy lord, uh, <coughs> uh, free agents are basically almost all off the board. And that doesn't mean that there aren't any good players left. But that just kind of the big ones that will make all the headlines. So, yeah. <clears throat> okay, now I'm coughing all of a sudden. Um, I would say that the market should heat up soon after maybe Dansby Swanson signs. I think there's still a couple outfielders left, so maybe that's why the, the Brian Reynolds talk has stalled just a little bit. Mitch Haneker signed, Aaron Judge, I know. But even still, um, it's going to be interesting. And you mentioned Corbin Burns, which I think is like a great – there's always that player that people forget is going to be in trade rumors. You know what I mean? Like it's, oh, well, look at Milwaukee. They're not really making many additions. You know, the there's other teams that might get better in that division. And maybe they're going to be out of it. Milwaukee always seems to just trade away players. So what better than to trade away the guy who just won a Cy Young for you and had a down year by his standards where he still finished with an ERA below three. I don't know how MLB teams more specifically fans of those MLB teams get hoodwinked into thinking that trading their best players is like really smart and good, but you know, it would not surprise me if Corbin Burns becomes available. Um, and in the case of Reynolds, I mean, how long has this been a rumor? Has it even been a rumor before his great 2021 season? It feels like we've literally been talking about this for two years. Uh, 2020 was interesting because I think they looked at him as the guy that was going to succeed, uh, succeed the Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, Jamison Talion off season. And as you remember, that was literally when I became the host of this podcast and I had to talk about three of our best players getting traded in a matter of a month and a half. So at that point, oh, yeah. I think it might've almost been expected of them to trade Reynolds, but then 2021 ro uh, rolled around. And of course, as you mentioned, he had the all-star season where he was a starter in a loaded outfield in the national league that year. Um, and then I remember them asking for, like I said, Julio Rodriguez from Seattle, yeah. like their asking price was astronomically high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then even this past year, he had a down year, which I think kind of mm -hmm. stopped teams from going after him. But there was still like the thought process of, okay, Pittsburgh could do it here and it would make sense. Now, the only different thing that's going on with the rumors of it is he requested a trade openly. Mm -hmm. That's like the biggest difference here. So now it's like, okay, what kind of leverage do the Pirates have now with teams knowing he wants to leave, but the Pirates also standing pat and saying, oh, we're not going to trade him, mm -hmm. while he still has three years of team control. That's why when I caution hosts of other teams like yourself, like Locked On Mariners, Locked On Yankees, mm -hmm. all of these other hosts – it's going to be a hefty asking price. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was an all-star, a silver slugger finalist, and a gold glove <laughs> finalist the past two years and has team control until 2025. Like, that's not easily accessible. Now, for the Pirates fans like myself that want to hope they do fix this, let's just remember a certain marquee player that ended up at San Diego and the team he left straight up said, we're not trading the guy. Let's just remember that. So for San Diego to possibly get Juan Soto and Brian Reynolds via trade in a matter of eight months would absolutely be madness to me. I think it'd be great. It and, be. you know, A.J. Preller, of course, he's magical of anything. He could probably trade yeah. for Mike Trout at this point. 
He probably could. He, I, maybe they ran out of ran out of assets, but he he will certainly try. He's definitely yeah. been on the phone at one point or another. I refuse to believe that he hasn't at least checked in with the Angels. I've been like, hey, like, want to go have lunch or something like that? Like, let's just let's just go hang out. He definitely does something like that. I choose to believe, but yeah, man, I think that you raise a great point. That's a big thing with Reynolds. I think that, yes, he did have a down year, and you could talk a little bit more about that, how legit it was. Was it like, was he a one-year fluke? I don't think so, but just to let people know, um, especially with the defense side of things, I know there's a question for some folks. But, um, yeah, the three years of control is the big thing. My only counter to that is I just don't trust sometimes some of these teams. And it just feels like so often there are players that are allegedly going to take a, a – a, a mountain of a package, right? And then you see what just happened with Sean Murphy out of Oakland, right? Where don't get me wrong, I think Brian Reynolds, like he that's like a six win player at one point, right? And this is a catcher and it's a little bit different. But even still, I was told that they were asking for like what you said, like a Brian Reynolds. They're asking for a, a Anthony Volpe. They're asking for a top, top guys. If Baltimore wants them for some reason, give us Gunnar Henderson. And then they get some interesting players, but no one that made you really jump off the, you know, jump out of your seat. And I think that's where Padres fans and other teams are like, well, yeah, sure, we can get them because all these other teams eventually seem to relent. But maybe mm-hmm. that's just me. Well, and I mean, look at the Joe Musgrove trade. Yeah, that, that didn't exactly bounce off the page. I mean, the guys that we traded to you for him have done some decent things, but that trade didn't exactly like. Oh wow, we got as Ryan Weathers from that trade. No, well, that was never happening for Musgrove at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, Joe Musgrove, one of the better pitchers in all of baseball, because he left Pittsburgh, much like Garrett Cole, five six years before him. <laughs> That's how it happens. Um, hey, Quintana got better for you guys. That yes, he nice. did it, and then he got traded in the division. Yeah, <laughs> I already, I already predicted it. I said Vince Velasquez is going to have a two point five ERA for the Pittsburgh Pirates and get traded midseason because for some reason this team has this weird idea that they can just pick up any random pitcher out of the free agent crop and turn him into a pretty much a second or third starter in a winning rotation. So we'll see. But another thing that you might have to see on Javi and mm. something that would definitely sweeten the deal for Brian Reynolds is if you give the Pittsburgh Pirates a built bar, of course, oh. built bars uh, have a lot of potential, lots of raw power, 50 grades across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, can we pause the pod for a second? Sure. Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they have a cookie dough topper, a coconut Ooh. brownie, and Ooh. a coconut brownie topper. Mm. Um, apparently, they really like uh, chocolate over at Built Bar. And they also have white chocolate peppermint granola. Say that 10 times fast. It's white Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built mm. puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built, no pun intended. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, 130 calories to be exact. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards is always great. You're probably wondering which two flavors my favorite. Um, an unanswerable question, to say the least, because I have a lot. They're all unbelievable, and they're all so different. So you can order a mix box and try all five flavors for yourself. Get 15% off of your order right now, Locked On Pirates and Locked On Padres fans, by using the code LOCKEDON15 in all caps at built.com. Now, 
you are here to talk to me about Brian Reynolds. And again, this will probably be something I do with other hosts as well, like Stacey Gotsoulias over at Locked on Yankees, the Locked on Mariners guys, a lot of people. Great shows. shows. So we're going to bring this up. Mm. Obviously, this is the top (laughs) prospect board for the San Diego Padres. Um, If I'm being completely honest, of course, we know Lindsey Crosby would have about five, six hours worth of content here to say about just the first five guys on this list. I do not. Uh, I know Jackson Merrill is a phenomenal player. Uh, Of course, he was just drafted in 2021, 27th Mm -hmm. overall, 50 grades across the board, still in single A. Where I would think the Pirates are thinking here in terms of a Reynolds trade is probably a package where they're going to get a guy, like you mentioned before we started recording, Ryan Weathers. That's probably Mm -hmm. a guy that they would start with because you could throw him into your starting rotation immediately. He has some major league experience. So I think you have to at least start with one, maybe even two guys that you could say are major league ready on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, that could be a lot of different people and a lot of different ways to look at it. Then I think you're getting more into the, I would um, assume his name is pronounced Yuge Rosario or Yugai Rosario. I think it's Yugai Rosario. I, you would probably be looking at guys like that, I would assume, like 2022 ETA, 2023 ETA for like a guy like Corey Howell, who would be an immediate outfield help. Uh, Jay Groom, who would be a left-handed pitcher, something the Pirates desperately need. He's a guy I could see in there. Even Jackson Wolf, yet another guy, another lefty. Because mm-hmm. the Pirates have, like, no left-handed pitching in their system whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, even um, Noah, Noah Vila, probably another guy as well that they could look at. So what is your kind of thoughts on what you think the Padres could offer the Pirates in terms of looking at this prospect list, but also – major league talent that the Padres don't necessarily need, but could benefit Pittsburgh greatly for the years to come. If this trade does happen. I think that if this trade were to happen because of the years um, that are left for Brian Reynolds, I think that Jackson Merrill, the top prospect overall that's left, you could still count if you want Luis Campizano. I know that he technically is not like part of this list, but he hasn't played as much, in my opinion. He's still, I still view him as a prospect who hasn't really had like a long enough tenure in Major now, League Baseball for me to be. Quick like, question on Louis: Does he Go play ahead. any position other than catcher? Um, not currently. Not currently. I think he might have played first once, okay, or DH once. But that is all I have. It might have been like one of the six hundred games he's. One of the 160 games of the season. I I don't remember exactly, but mostly he does catcher. And I'm wondering if you're asking that because of his defense questions, which I think are have been a little bit exacerbated by the Padres pitching staff reportedly not being able to work with him. I think that the Padres, and I've said this a lot on my show, where I am not a fan of using pitchers to decide who should be your catcher. Um, I think that it is certainly something to not entirely dismiss, especially if you worked all offseason with Austin Nola and we're at the end of the season. I get that. You want to stay with what you're comfortable with and the pitching is the strength of the team. But overall, they also did this with Yasmani Grandal and then he ends up leaving and he's an all-star catcher, right? So I don't want to go all in on that. And your boy, Joe Musgrove, reportedly was one of the people who was like, let's figure out how to work with this guy. Like, what are we doing? So shouts to Musgrove. Love that, man. I think Merrill would have to be included. Ryan Weathers, an interesting name, who is no longer on the list. This is a guy who is a rookie of the year candidate for the first half 
of 2021. And then I don't know if he just had the luckiest two months in like Padres and major league history, but he's completely fallen off the map. He just can't pitch at all. He looks like what Mackenzie Gore looked like when he Mackenzie Gore just forgot how to pitch and or was hurt or whatever for a little bit. It's bad. It's bad with Ryan Weathers. And I don't know if we're going to see him at some point. Granted, if, if, if he's like the back end piece of a deal, which is what he'd probably be considered right now, not the worst in the world. And I'll tell you why, if he's a back end part of this deal, you'd be making a bet on Padres, their lack of success in developing pitchers. They haven't really done that very well over the past few years. Gore is a good example because that guy went from, I've never seen the top overall pitching prospect in baseball fall out of people's top 100 after like three months for somewhat justifiable reason. But that's just one example, right? Andrew Kashner, if you want to go back, right? Like there's, there's plenty of them, right? Yeah. So you could do that. It wouldn't be that bad. You'd be taking a flyer on a guy and saying, hey, the Padres know how to develop. And then, you know, Kevin Copps, who I've had on my show, I would never dare say that I want to trade someone who's been on my show before. But decent reliever. He has some upside. He struggled a little bit last year, but that's another kind of back-end part of the package. And then lastly, the most interesting name probably that I can mention in terms of current Major League talent is Trent Grisham. Uh, Trent Grisham is a very interesting player um, in a lot of ways. He can't hit whatsoever and it's i don't know if it's fixable but if you can talk yourself into all right he's better than a 190 hitter then you get an extremely capable center fielder um who could probably play another position if you need him to um and has a hint of pop and he's super young at 25 so there is some hope that he can improve even though i'm skeptical about that maybe the pirates see it differently you put that all together, it's not the worst in the world. If you're the Padres, it's like, yeah, Grisham could be a great fourth outfielder. But then with Reynolds, you could put him in left. You could put Tatis in center, Soto in right field. That's in a pretty great outfield. I don't know how Tatis will be uh, defensively in center field, right? Uh, and I'm a little bit confused as to how Reynolds will be because if I'm not mistaken, Ethan, he took a little bit of a step back defensively last year. And I thought that was a little bit one of his strengths. And it could be. He got tired of seeing Pirates pitchers getting lit up and him having to run back. <laughs> it's totally possible. Maybe that happened with Soto with the next year. Get tired of seeing the ball sail over their head. Maybe, yeah. but can you can you talk about that a little bit of what one, what you think of the potential players that I offered you? And two, what Brian Reynolds could potentially offer, even though he had a down year. Um, well, the defensive thing I think could be a little misled because of the season that he had the year prior. Um, He didn't have a terribly bad defensive year. Like, we're not going to act like he was a gold glove finalist because he wasn't. But he wasn't unplayable in center field. Now, I've heard the rumors that there is a potential that Reynolds could play left field next year if he stays in Pittsburgh because um, because of different variables that could come into play with the amount of young outfielders they have that still have looks on. Uh, as I'm also, if you guys are not noticing, I'm actually trying to pull up the trade machine to give you an idea of showing what Javi was talking about while doing this. Um, but there was, there was a lot to consider with Reynolds this year because he started the year so slow and people were wondering, was 2021 just like a abnormality? Like is Reynolds just like an average guy? And then he had arguably one of the best second halves of any outfielder in the national league. So Obviously not an all-star this year by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination, but a guy that also came back to his own in the second half of the year. And, I mean, 
it's it's fair to say, oh yeah, you know, this guy is um that's also very funny that Weathers literally has a zero trade value. That is absolutely <laughs> very, very funny. Um but anyways, you look at it from the stretch of the imagination that um Reynolds really, again, having the down year that he had and not being an all-star really set a lot of people into like this weird way of thinking about him. But realistically, in the second half of the year, you wouldn't even remember that he had that bad of a year defensively, mm-hmm. offensively. It wouldn't have mattered like you wouldn't even have thought. Um, so we throw Camp Lozano in there. Who else did we have in there? Uh, you said Trent Grisham in there, <laughs> which a high value for Grisham, by the way. Yeah. I think the um, teams are are thinking we can get this guy to at least be an average MLB at bat. And if you do that, then that's a top 25 outfielder, maybe top 20 outfielder. If and also an immediate, repla- an immediate replacement as well. Yep. yep. So I, I think Grisham and Merrill would probably be the top mm-hmm. pieces of this. I'm not convinced that they want to trade Campuzano. I'm just throwing him in there because they, for whatever reason, refuse to start him. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird thing where they don't they don't want to trade him, but they also don't want to start him. Um, and uh, Ethan, before you plug in those, I want I want to take a serious note one second and talk about something very important, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just make sure that I that I get it right. All right, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many, and as the evening comes to an end, and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Oh, I live nearby. It's no big deal. Well, you know, what are what are the odds? What are the odds you'll get pulled over? Well, something bad could happen. So here at Lockdown, we must implore, 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 employ. No, implore. Is that a word? Implore? Implore is a word, yes. Implore is the word. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Drive sober, guys, or get pulled over. It can happen so easily, as I said before. So be sure to do that. It's a very serious note. No major like ad or anything like that. You don't want to lose your license or your job or your life or hurt someone. So again, drive sober or get pulled over. This brought to you by the NHTSA. Let's go back to Trent Grisham now, my friend. I want to go back to yes. this trade value. Um, first of all, it is it is there, there's a couple things with this. I want to remind Padres fans that this is why what's going on. The fact that this is like a package that in theory could happen, um, or at least it is a lot more tangible than it was last year is a reminder of why you don't always want to go super all in on players because again, because Padres fans, they, they, they like to react and say, we got to go trade for these stars. Well, as everyone yelled at me last year for saying, I didn't know if I want to go for Brian Reynolds last year, his asking price was like CJ Abrams and Robert Hassel and probably some other guys too. Now, it's like, oh, well, on top of the trade request, he also had a little bit of a down year. And if you end up doing that trade, well, guess what? Maybe you don't do the Juan Soto trade, right? So, again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of variables to this. I do like Brian Reynolds as a player, although I don't think that this is a must-do trade. I think that the Padres have plenty of other options to go in. I've mentioned Conforto already, but I am curious. Do you think – and I, I implore everybody to also – it's going to be my new word, right? I implore everybody also go check out the YouTube Lockdown Pirates and Lockdown Padres to see Ethan do his little tinkering, you know, his little tinkering with the trade machine. What do you think overall of the offer, though? Do you think this would get it done for the Pirates? I would think the Pirates would probably ask for more. 
Um, now, what's interesting about this trade is the number is literally the exact same, 59.90 on Baseball Trade Values Trade Simulator, which I implore everybody to use. Just use it wisely and don't be an idiot. Um, I mean, Merrill, of course, I think would be the prized possession of this trade. Um, he would be like the future piece to like what you would assume you would want from this. Uh, Weathers, as you said, reclamation project, maybe he works yep. out in Pittsburgh, maybe he doesn't. Grisham is your immediate replacement for Reynolds and then Camp uh, Campuzano, who almost every time I mention me and Javi together on crossovers, I played baseball with and against when I played baseball back in the day. So it'd be actually really cool for him to play in Pittsburgh. The only reason I don't think Campuzano would be the guy to get it done is because they already have Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis, two of the top 15 catching prospects in all of baseball right now. So I do think that would kind of push them away from it. Um, now, what's very interesting about looking at all this, of course, you have a Dylan Lesko. Uh, he's a pretty cool guy to look after. Um, who knows? And there's a lot to look at with, like you said again with this, is the asking price is always going to be weird because you you never truly know. I mean, the trade for the Juan Soto trade to me personally was fine. Um, I thought the the Nationals actually got a lot more than I thought that anybody was going to give up for Soto. But that was also A.J. Preller's way of saying we are going to get this done this year, even if it just means an NLCS appearance, which I thought was enough for Padres fans. Uh, I'm sure you could speak on that more. Mm-hmm. This kind of trade here, again, like you mentioned, I mean, I still think the Pirates would want one more thing. I think it would be like one more guy. But again, me and Javi are really just spitballing here because we're yeah. not Ben Charrington and we're not A.J. Preller. Yeah. We don't know what kind of conversation would be going back and forth here. We don't know what players A.J. Preller re- deems untouchable. He might deem Merrill untouchable in terms of Brian Reynolds. He might even view Louis Campisano as a guy that's like, would I really want to trade this guy for Brian Reynolds? For whatever reason, GMs are weird like that in baseball. I mean, even owners are weird like that. Look at Steve Cohen. He let Jacob deGrom go and bring, brings in Justin Verlander. Dude's a, ma- a madman in terms of spending yeah. his of spending his money. Mm-hmm. But this offer wouldn't necessarily be bad. It's one I think that would keep the Pirates on the phone. I just don't know if it's one that would be immediate. Okay, let's get this done. Let's go. Let's sign the paperwork, get the physicals done. I think you have to add one more guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in terms of like looking down this list and who that would be, kind of hard to really give a I do think that Weathers as a reclamation project, I think the one that is unlikely because of the current catching situation is Campisano. I just think that then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we're running it back with Austin Nola again. And that guy is pretty bad. So I don't see them adding him again. We're just spitballing. Cause like you said, th- these guys don't look up trade evaluator and, or baseball America and go, Oh wait, no, we can't trade Jackson Merrill for all we know. AJ Preller doesn't think Jackson Merrill is very good. It's, it's more unlikely than not. Right. But it's still, we don't know. We don't know how all these guys are viewed. We don't know, you know, uh, Susanna, who got included in the Juan Soto trade last year, maybe that was actually the big piece that got the deal done. We don't know. We don't know, but it is still fun to talk about. Um, and I will say, I don't know if the Padres would want to do this either. One, because of the Campuzano thing that I mentioned. I think that I just don't think they want to move him at the moment. I I implore them not to. Uh, definitely, I'm not trying to watch Austin Dola, uh be the primary catcher for the whole season. And then again, I think that 
there's just some options out there. Jerks and Profar, if they want to bring him back, he's been close with guys in that dugout before. If they want to bring him back on a deal, he might be more costly than some other players. But I think that there are enough options considering how many stars they already have on the team. The Padres are not a team that are looking for the big splash, or at least not in theory. They're always looking for the big splash, but it's not a need as much as some other teams in baseball who refuse to do those type of trades and deals, right? So I think that they might be saying, look, in theory, we have a a Soto and Tatis tandem in the outfield. Let's just get someone who's decent um, and that we don't have to give up what little left we have of our depth and farm. So that's just me, but... um, it would be super fun to see, and I can't wait to talk about it if it did happen. Because if it did happen, that would be like, what, the 87th deal that the Padres have made for a star caliber player ever since I've been hoping um, host this podcast. And then if you include 2017 and 18, if you include the signings, if you include the ones that didn't work, like Mike Clevenger, if you include the ones from his first year with Kemp and Upton and all those guys, they're just always in the mix. So in fairness to everybody, when I do these episodes with my man, Ethan, in fairness, any trade actually feels like it's realistic for the Padres because they're willing to do it. Unlike some of these other teams that never make a splash, really. And to end this uh, episode, that's actually a topic that I like to talk about a lot when it comes to baseball. You mentioned the Mike Clevengers of the world and Mm. say even the Eric Hosmers and like people that have been traded for or traded away that were at the time, not risky. It's like, okay, this is a guy that should do fine. And then it turns out it doesn't work. But would you rather your team, which the Padres do this, be in the mix all the time and make these kind of deals that could say, okay, this is boom or bust most of the time, or kind of just have the model of let's ride out with what we have, which, I mean, which would you rather do? I I would assume you would rather do the boom or bust option, right? Yeah, I'd rather do the latter. And I think that, one of the things that's funny about talking about the Padres in these moves, because a lot of people, not a lot, that's that's not true, but one of the criticisms of the Xander Bogarts deal is like, dude, it's a 30-year-old, and he's going to be 41 when he, when he finishes that. 100%. But I do think that in context of Padres history is important, and that's why I think the fans are so all in. Because if you're the Yankees, if you're some of these other teams that have certainly handed out big contracts before, even the Detroit Tigers, whatever, right? For the Padres, this is a team that not too long ago refused to re-sign Chase Headley, right? And now it's like, huh, can we re-sign Soto while also trading for, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of become more limitless. So for Padres fans, I don't think they care about eight years from now. And they probably shouldn't considering their franchise history of constantly hanging on to prospects. And then when they finally have those prospects come up, they trade the wrong ones, right? They trade Anthony Rizzo away for Andrew Kashner. In fairness, I will defend that trade. I think Kashner had enormous upside. It just didn't, sometimes it doesn't pan out, but that's the point. Sometimes it doesn't pan out, and Padres fans are tired of hearing about, well, here's the, the great thing on the horizon, so we're just going to keep kicking the can down the road like a lot of other teams in baseball, a lot of teams in your division tend to do, right, um, in the National League. And my thing is I'd rather go for it and miss than not because it's just this promise of greener pastures It's this Tampa Bay Rays model of making everyone think that because your roster looks clean and you've got a great farm and you win a bunch of games, that that's somehow better than actually going for the title. You know what I mean? And I think that that's what's happened in baseball right now where people are making fun of the Padres. They made fun of the Phillies in Zembrowski. Guess what? They were in the World Series this year. Guess where the Guardians were? 
eliminated round one. I got love for the Guardians. A lot of smart people in that organization. But I think people need to start looking at the results. And most of the time, absent that Kansas City Royals win, when you spend money on the superstars, you end up winning the World Series, or at least getting to the World Series. So I'll take the Very much so. every time. Well, again, Javi, like you said, we'll see what the Brian Reynolds saga holds. I'm starting to compare it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point. <laughs> uh, you compare it to the Spider-Verse. I think it's more MCU. I think it's kind of like Thanos when you saw Thanos in that one after credit scene and then didn't see mm. him for like seven movies. And then he just <laughs> yeah. randomly became like the biggest talk of the town ever. That's kind of what mm. I've compared this to. But as mentioned to everybody, please make sure you check out locked on Padres with Javi. Make sure you check out locked on Pirates with myself, Ethan Smith. Our Twitters are right below our name. If you're on YouTube at MVP underscore Ethan and at Javi Pena with two eyes, not one, two. Okay. Uh, and again, for me, I will probably have a couple more episodes like this where I bring on hosts from other uh, shows to kind of see how they feel about Brian Reynolds, see where they feel with their team. I'm sure Javi has plenty of stuff lined up with all the stuff San Diego has done this offseason. And with that said, guys, uh, any last words, Javi, for the wonderful people on this Locked On crossover? Last words? Um can't wait for Across the Spider-Verse, man. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. I uh, can't wait for that movie. And then lastly, yeah, everybody check out Ethan. He does a great show. And um, hey, for agency has been fun. I- I've really enjoyed this year and um, happy to see how it how it closes out. Very curious to see how it all ends. Of course. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this Locked On Sports Crossover, Locked On MLB. Of course, make sure you go check out Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski. He gives you all the biggest news you need in sports in under 20 minutes. He actually had Trey Wingo on yesterday, so very Mm -hmm. fun podcast I got going on over there at Locked On Sports Today. And with that said, guys, me and Javi will see you on the flip side.